Hello, uh, I'm Corey, and this is the 50-Minute Hour. Thank you for joining us today. We are joined by our friend Alexander, uh, Jonathan, Seraphim, Calvin, and... I thought you wanted to be called something different. Okay, so Hank. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're, I'm just trying to get our pseudonyms right. Um, today, the topic is a much fan-requested uh, furries. But before we get to that, I think Seraphim had some news articles he wanted to share. Uh, yeah, Calvin came up with this segment a few months ago, and we sort of dropped it. So let's let's try to bring it back. Um, so I'm just going to read you a headline of news article and then tell us what your initial thoughts are. Um, an AI-generated artwork won first place at a state fair fine arts competition, and artists are pissed. Mm-hmm. What state? I do not know. Actually, I guess I can figure that out. When's the last time you've seen good art from an actual artist? That's, that's also true. That's true. Also Colorado. The, the <laughs> painting, it's a series of three paintings. It's a space opera. opera and uh, they're pretty interesting. And they have, they're, they're not bad. The other thing to, to consider is like with the AI the artist was using, he didn't just put in an input and get the output of the, and that's what he used. He did this like hundreds and hundreds of times until he trained the AI to get what he was looking for. Which kind of makes me think of how the evolution of art in general, it's like you're doing something with like mashed up paints and you're like, you know, hitting rocks against something or whatever. Then you get like kind of brushy materials and then eventually you get fine beaver hair or whatever. And so you're more and more refining the process and the, the medium or the tool becomes less and less important and it's more purely the artist's vision as the technology and theory of the actual tool progresses. So what's interesting with the AI thing is like, it's almost purely just the artist's imagination without any tool because the AI does all the dirty work. Of course, we're still not at the point where the AI is just reading the mind of the artist. That's all I really have to say. I mean, I think that's a good point. I think it doesn't matter. It's, 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 they're still using a medium of, of the computer. I don't want to say it doesn't matter. I'm just saying I think it's more complex than people at first shrug. When's the last time we had a great artist? The Surrealist movement? It's um, been 100 years, at least. Well, Andrew Shiriko probably was one of the last great painters. Um, in terms of... This is a controversial opinion, um, especially among, I think, the people that listen to this. Um, and even, even to myself, the fact that I hold this opinion is shocking. Um, I think that uh, Rothko... Oh, my God. I think, <laughs> oh, my God. I, think, I thought you didn't like Rothko. I hate Rothko. No, I, never, I didn't say it. I didn't say anything about Rothko yet. I hate Rothko. But he's a great I painter. Hate, I think that Rothko was one of the last painters that had spirit behind him. You should see my child paint. Yeah, your child <laughs> your child probably is at the same level as Rothko. But Rothko and your child are better than most of these uh, so-called painters, artists nowadays. Um, because you'll see like these people who make uh, digital art. Like I hate digital art. I hate people that do the, the computer art shit where it looks technically really, really good. Right. But there's literally nothing behind it. Mm -hmm. What I like about Rothko is that it's very honestly bad art. 
but at the very least, it's I can call it bad. You can have a terrible. spiritual experience. I can call it bad. I don't think it. it's actually spiritual. Like, okay. I've already. I'm saying you can have a spiritual experience with it. With Rothko? Yeah, if you stand close enough, I think. If I think. In person. Who was that dipshit that uh, the the mentally um, retarded guy? That, Henry Darcher? No, the one that threw paint everywhere. Oh, uh, oh, Pollock. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the same with Pollock. Like, I yeah, mean, I don't think you can have a spiritual experience with Pollock. I think, I think that Rothko is a little bit. But you like Pollock, don't you? No, I hate oh, Pollock. Okay, I actually, I, I genuinely. Oh, your friend likes pa- Pollock. Pollock's dead, right? Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah, he died a while ago. Good. That's good. I think there's That's some good. something good in Pollock. That's good to hear. No, I've seen, I've seen his stuff in person. People say it's more impressive in person. No. I didn't think it was any better. It's like Picasso. Like Picasso, uh, uh, I, like I used Picasso. to be a big Picasso fan. Then I saw him in person. I hate him. Hate him so much. No, now. I like Picasso. Garbage. Trash. But in either case, I think, Jonathan, your point is that, you know, our heroes are dead. Maybe yeah. AI should take the mantle up. I'm sure. I mean. Well, well <laughs> I think, I think prob- the thing that makes AI art really bad is uh, kind of the problem with, um, I forget the name of the essay by um, Heidegger, um, but he's talking about and it's, I think Spengler also talks about this. Question concerning technology. Yes. Okay. Yeah, where he talks about how um, one of the main issues of technology is not necessarily technology itself, but sort of that, um, that gap between man and technology, which is kind of filled by understanding of the tool. And the problem with AI-generated art and these uh, procedurally generated things is that no matter how much textual effort we can kind of put into this new medium we can't actually come to an understanding of it because the way that these robots are made are through these programmers that are um or really teams of programmers that come together and kind of have like all together like a combined iq of like a thousand and the ability for us to actually understand how the art's being made is just not there. And I think that that is a problem when it comes to Mm -hmm. making art because a good craftsman, a good artist knows his tool. Like his tool Mm -hmm. is an extension of him. But I don't think that AI generated art can, the artist can have the the bot or whatever they're using uh, as a, extension themselves i just what what you're saying reminds me of the renaissance painters who are insistent on painting with one hair brushes yeah it's almost like the very struggle of the tool is what produces the greatness of the art which is eliminated more or less in ai generated art yeah yeah it's 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 pretty much gone and i'm not to say that uh you know effort equals good right Mm -hmm. because there are people like the chirico which he would make a painting that's a great painting uh, within like 30 minutes and sell it for 10 grand. And it's kind of like the biggest troll, but he's an excellent painter. Mm-hmm. And he also is a true master. Um, but I just don't think that. And there are painters who struggle intensely and put so much work into their art, but it's still shit. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah. Absolute garbage. So it's not it's not that in and of itself, yeah. but it, it probably helps someone already great make something greater. Yeah, Bro- Bogero, one of those people I'm thinking of. Uh, like all of these, like uh, uh, when someone thinks of like traditional art that knows nothing about tradition or art, uh, these like 19th century hacks are the people that I would say put a ton of effort into their work and it's all shit. Garbage. 
should we move on to the next Does one anyone here? have any other comments? No. So closely following on art is ads. So this will be our next headline, which is uh, Nigeria becomes the first country to ban white models in adverts. Yeah, I think this is awesome. Um, you know, I think I, I my initial response to this was if only all, all countries could ban modeling of soil or modeling of blood, not from the soil. Of course, this gets confusing with questions like America. What, what would that would be? I was going to say, like, that's, that's the <laughs> Is obvious... it just Native Americans we put on there? But... Uh, uh, they didn't build America. No, but you know what I mean? Like, what does it mean for blood to come from the soil? Like, you till the corn, you till the soil, and that becomes your nation, right? Were they... I don't think they were agricultural either. They were a little... None no, of them. They believe, them. That. They believe that if you, if you agriculture... If you, if you till, tank yeah. the land so much, it became sand. That's what happened yeah. to Egypt and Israel and all that. That's what, that's well, what I think they're right. But I, I yeah. mean, I guess in the sense like they were planting seeds and growing stuff to eat. <laughs> were they not? I think they primarily hunted, just like the oh, Germans. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's the corn, the corn. Well, I would say, yeah, the corn. I would say even the case of hunting still, but... Um, but I think still it's, it's the society of America we have now is very much not the society of you know, the indigenous Americans. So I think Jonathan's point still stands. That yeah. They're not really well, the ones that with, built with this industri- culture. With industrialism, the whole thing becomes removed because it's no longer people are produced by soil and industrialism. Well, and but. I think the problem with America is like, okay, it's like, I guess you could do like English, you know, British and then like Dutch and like some French, but it's like, do we ban Irish people from? Yes. It's like, what, at what point <laughs> yeah. do you stop saying, you Are know, there any Irish models? Is that a thing? No, but I'm saying, yeah, there are, of course. But I'm like, you know, it's like, how far back do we want to go where we say this is the American lineage? It's no, very it's, hard. It's, no, it's really, it's really cut and dry. Old stock American was pretty much consistent up until like the Ellis Island years. Yeah. In the 20th century. Like the, you know, Scandinavians were okay. Germans were tolerated. Um, not the Irish, not the Italians. The Irish are no, the Scots Irish, like Northern Irish, were fine, uh-huh. but like the, the Irish, Protestant the, Irish, yeah, the Protestant, the the, the Catholic Irish. So Protestant Irish. white people can be models so in America. It would basically, yeah. be Dutch and Englishmen who are like not very good looking, just people, like Protestant so. ugly chads. Yeah, would be American models. Um, okay, well that problem solved. Yeah, no, it's <sighs> cut and dry. So we just have to wait for other nations to progressively adapt. Uh, what was it, Libya? What was this country we're dealing with? Uh, Nigeria. Nigeria. There we go. Are there any other comments? And now there? there's, a, there's a really interesting, there's really interesting YouTube channel, really, really, really small that I happen to find. I, I think Nigeria is a very interesting place. It's very funny. Um, there was a YouTube channel I found. It's like a small music group, uh, probably only hundred. 200 followers from Nigeria and it was called Hitler TV. Um I I wonder why they chose this name. It's uh it's it's beyond me. You can go to many places uh in the in the third world third world and find uh this obsession with uh Hitler. Many such places. Yeah, Pakistan's one of them. You can buy cigarettes called Hitler cigarettes in Pakistan. I know it's um, a big thing in Mongolia and too. Egypt. Egypt has like these small stores that are Hitler themed. Why? Yeah. What's well, going it's on? it's like it's like us with like Augustus Caesar. He's just like yeah. It's another, just like wow, this guy's yeah, fucking seems, mythical. This guy seems yeah. crazy. Augustus ain't shit compared to his <laughs> adopted father. Yeah. True. Julius is the Julius yeah. is the guy. I always oh, heard the guy. I always yeah. heard Julius Augustus. was the was the 
the virgin and and uh, augustus no, augustus augustus was a good yeah. statesman but julius like was a conqueror yeah he fucked shit up dude. i've been lied to he fucked shit up but i think that nigeria no society i think it's a very fascinating country i'd like to see where this goes have you all seen the most popular music through a lot of african rural parts it's hilarious it's That's american weird. country Really? Stone Age herbalists. I've seen like Mormon really? stuff, yeah, they're, but not. They're huge into like, they'll, like country western themes. Well, think okay. about it. They're going to have yeah. a lot more to relate to in, in yeah. American yeah. country music than they would hip hop because they're out there on the farm with the animals and, you know, big trucks and all that stuff. Indians like like country too. And they're LARPing. I, that's, <laughs> I think they are. I don't know. I don't know. Well, without further ado, do we want to get into the, to yeah, the main okay. part of this podcast? So for, for those yeah. fortunate who are not familiar with the phenomenon of the furry. Um, it's basically people who dress up in fursuits or they have a fursona. They identify. They identify as, as their fursona. And it might be on and off like a transvestite or it might be a permanent thing like a, what's the other, a transgender person or whatever. But um, they, 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 they wear these fursuits and they have like a whole fursona for their other, other kin. You know, I actually looked this up. Very, very weird. The other kin phenomenon started in Lexington, Kentucky. Really? Before all the furry stuff, before everything. It was in the 80s, early 80s. It was at running out of the University of Kentucky. It was a group of people who mostly identified as elves. They were other kin elves, but there were other kin that came out of this group. And when the internet took off, it started from Lexington, Kentucky. I think that's my elf. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so huh. we're kind of responsible in the domino effect for the whole furry thing phenomenon happening right now. The furry the furry phenomenon actually started in the 60s. Okay, well, maybe yeah, maybe yeah, I don't know so, then. I'm just thinking of other kin. This but. is the, the craziest thing to me, is that no one can actually pinpoint when furries started. So it's, it's kind of crappy. one of these things where it's like a myth. Like, furries have like this myth uh-huh. where I think they, they push this narrative that they've existed <laughs> for a very long time kind of like homosexuals, but they're finally able to like, uh, they're finally able to come out of the closet. This is part of my big point. Yeah. 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 They're, they're fucking, so I, I think they're creating like this massive narrative that like they were around for a lot longer than maybe they were. Um, but it wouldn't make a lot of sense than the sixties and seventies when we started having these strange cartoons pop up that mm-hmm. kids are watching with like uh, anthropomorphic animals mm-hmm. um, that in in many ways are uh, sexy. Are sexy, yeah. yeah. They're yeah, like sexualizing. Yeah, I was about animals. to say Aesop's fables, but they're not no, sexy. No, like, yeah. no, like nobody sees fucking like, uh, what's that toad and frog or yeah. the, you know, the toad <laughs> that, wears probably the, one of them. that wears the tweed jacket. Nobody <laughs> sees that and is like, fuck that frog like nobody <laughs> thinks that dude but the bugs bunny cross-dressing with yeah the boobs like that's and, like some yeah. sick shit cartoons right. are fucked up that makes dude. sense that yeah. that actually makes sense but it's, yeah. it's more reason than anything that it's being normalized or a push yes, to normalize that's, it. that's really there was a recent headline that there was a school district i think in california or, or in oregon where they're having problems with kids answering the questions by barking or meowing and the teachers weren't allowed to like tell them not to so I heard this <laughs> firsthand from a parent of a, a local school district whose daughter was in ninth grade that they had a problem with someone was putting litter boxes in the bathroom <laughs> and they kept having to get rid of them. And it was becoming this issue. People were getting worried. So yeah, it, it's a fucking sickness that's spreading like yeah. a cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, yeah, so thoughts? 
Something like 40% of people have toxoplasmosis, which is like spread by uh, animal feces. I definitely have toxoplasmosis. Cat feces. Yeah, cat feces. Yeah. Cat feces. Also food. Certain food can become infected yeah. with toxoplasmosis. But about 40% of Westerners have been exposed to it. Yeah, and in, I love cats, but I don't want to dress as a cat or anything. But I, I think that I think that many of these uh, sort of moral questions can be compared to like toxoplasmosis. Is that... Uh, it's one of these sort of diseases like furries that the more in contact you are with furry shit. Um, like actual shit? No, no, no. Like figurative <laughs> oh. furry shit. The more likely you are to become, I think, infected with by it. them. Uh, but only if you're a susceptible person. Right, you have to, to be it. susceptible Yeah, first. you have to be like already so, kind of messed so, up. Well, I've got, I've got a mundane theory that you, I, don't, I want to go okay. ahead and say this before you all hit all these points. Yeah. All right. So... In my in my forty years, and then just looking in the past, something happened after World War II. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what happened was the younger generations started to rebel against the older generations' way of life, and always a downward spiral. So you had the beatniks, then you had the the hippies burning the brawls, then you had all this shit, the punk rockers. It just gets worse, and there's always a sexual sexualized component mm-hmm. to it, further and further and further. And then, and I, I think this is what happened because my buddy's a big liberal. He's freaked out about this furry thing. Freaked out. He was like, what was the slippery slope we fell off of? <laughs> and I hate to say it, I think I know exactly what it was. I think it was the universal acceptance of homosexuality to get rid of the taboo. Uh-huh. That started opening up more taboos. Yeah. Like, oh, just you be always yourself. Need a taboo. Be yourself. Be yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I think what's, with, with these people in general, and this is going to be offensive to a lot of people, but it's just a fact. I went to high school. I was fairly popular in high school. Right. So I've witnessed what happened to the people that weren't popular in high school. Mm-hmm. You would never see someone who is attractive with a decent body be a furry. Right. It's always the same. It's just like COVID. The people that wanted to keep the masks yeah. were ugly people. Yeah. The people that didn't want to get rid of them were attractive people. <laughs> yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. And, it, and with all this, this degeneracy, it becomes more and more animalistic, more and more and more and more. People want to be weirder than their parents. And then you have these fat, ugly people with no personalities that want to join some kind of hierarchy. Right. How yeah. are they going to join a hierarchy? They dress up like something else. Then the the quality and the whatever the, how their suits made, they, they get to rise in a hierarchy. Yeah. So it's just a continual thing, and so it's a slave morality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, and and when I've noticed the people that I grew up with that became that were nerds, then they all often end up in is you know big corporations and mm-hmm. bureaucracies. I got a buddy that's a lobbyist for NRA. Obviously, when you meet the guy, that he's been cool his whole life. He said he had to quit. He's like, I had to quit because everyone in DC is a fucking nerd. Yeah. Like you can't, I can't yeah. deal with them. I and Alexander, you, you were saying that a lot of the CEOs of the pharmaceuticals so are furries, not, right? Not, not CEOs. Not CEOs. But a lot of people are working like the, uh, a lot of the nerds, a lot of the science. But the people behind people, the, the, the va- vaccine. The Moderna. Moderna. It was wrong. Yes. It wasn't Pfizer. It was Moderna. Moderna. Okay. Um, or are furries. Some of them. Yeah. So okay. there was an, a big scandal that the, um, this, uh, this furry, um, this furry woman online was uh a furus please a fur yeah this this fur i think she was uh i think she was a fox is that what i'm supposed she's a fox a fox sona a fox sona uh she was like really big pushing for um for the vaccine um really to like a violent degree i think she i remember her posting something about um how like people who don't vaccinate their kids need to be like locked up and their kids taken away from them like just a, she's a crazy bitch, um, but she was a furry, and she became. I read an article about her. She became a furry because other people at Moderna introduced her into the subculture. So like, it kind of has run deep, runs, runs deeper deep. than yeah. I thought. 
But another thing that I've uh, I saw a few weeks back was there was a um, a, a random poster who posted from the interior of a, um, uh, I think an F-16 fighter jet cockpit. And in the cockpit, he had a sticker of his persona. And I go on here and, and that's kind of what amazed me is that someone that's in an elite position because being a fighter pilot is not a, uh, non- but they still ugly. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that, I don't know. It's, it's just one of Freud's sure? greatest points. It's getting the point points. here. They're ugly. This is one of Freud's greatest points is that people don't uh-huh. want things. They uh-huh. want to be yeah. envied. Yeah. Uh-huh. They want to, that's, yeah. that's all they care about. So yeah. if you put this costume on, you can now be envied. You can uh-huh. now be like, rise up in the heart. I don't know about by who. But I, but, I think that, well, I, I actually think to your point about, you know, sort of popularity and stuff, I think it's interesting that it, the furry suit is a literal mask for these people to hide behind. And to be able to associate their identity not with their actual identity, but with this created thing that they get a lot more control over. And a lot, a lot of them make animated characters too and interact with them online. And the animated characters are always animated very sexily, like like you were Sex, saying. Yeah. So, like I didn't know about this. Is this like the? It's like um. Like a filter. At least on the communities I'm on. I, okay, the community. <laughs> are you are you in the furry community? Oh God, he's bringing on his first suit. Um, and and I think it's also interesting that they're not you know one to one, but there does seem to be a lot of overlap with a lot of the people who are in this community are like neurodivergent or autistic in some way, and they're possibly people who are attracted to this because they may have problems uh you know interacting socially you know, on Fa- the same level facially. as other people and so yeah exactly it's facially as the well persona covers but when the you can face. wear the mask and you can kind of communicate in a way that's not necessarily the normal verbal way we communicate that could be attractive to people i, know, like I noticed as well. autistic people who are not furries also really like those those facebook or ghost app whatever it is the dis- like emoji the em- or the, well it's like the the animated characters they yeah, use the, to to emoji. say things bitmoji, bit, bitmoji yeah like yeah. bitmoji like they like the, having these digital avatars to represent them so they don't have to do face yeah and i think that I, comes to the deeper point of what's I, attractive in I, furries i i think um i've thought about this uh last night i was i was pondering the uh the sort of like the psychology of a sort of avatar that someone has online right um and not only online uh, uh furries are a good example of this is that Furries innately are sexually uh, depraved. There's no, no getting around. No, yeah, there's no getting around it. No matter how much a furry wants to say that they're not sexually depraved, like seventy-five percent of their community is devoted to at, at least devoted to um, some sort of like hardcore, weird, sick, sick porn of these cartoon animals. Right. Like these people at the very least want to fuck cartoon animals. I think there's a good contingent of them that want to fuck real animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just needs to be put out there in case there's any furry listeners. You guys are sick. And they but, have sex with each other in the fursuits. Yeah, they the, do. As the animals. They do. Yeah. Like there, there's a huge. Um, I remember uh, a furry uh, convention a few years ago that I was reading about. And this is the crazy thing. There's conventions, like multi-city. I was there. I was there uh, at the furry convention. Uh, I was on a- like Fauci in those bathhouses. Yeah, exactly. I was studying. I was studying. Uh, No, there was a massive breakout of like HIV there. Like huge, 
huge breakout of HIV. Uh, I, I think it was like the um, they had like a swimming pool that got like a small like kitty swimming pool that they filled like tepid water and it was like infected by some sort of STD. And so like everyone that went inside this swimming pool got an STD. That's and it so was disgusting. It spread like crazy throughout this uh, entire well, there's, only, there's only two ways to be like a truly an animal, and it's violence or sex. Yeah, like that's the holes people usually go down to become yeah. more like an animal. And so in our society, violence has become a, yeah. such a faux pas that everybody just turns I to think sex. Eating too, and eating too. Yeah, that's yeah. another one. Yeah. And I think that the people, uh, the furry people, though they, um, you know, there's there's a you ever read the Volsung saga? Okay, in the Volsung saga, have you read it? No. Okay, the Volsung saga was. Um, as a as a Norse saga and inside I'll do like a TLDR to the point I'm trying to get to pretty much there's a guy his dad dies he wants to get revenge on his dad dying um he wants his, he wants his he wants to take vengeance for his dad uh so he fucks his sister and his sister like has a kid um but the kid's too weak so he kills the kid and he keeps just like impregnating his sister until eventually he comes out with this hyper autistic, like super soldier Germanic beast who is able to like be bitten by snakes and not die. And he's not afraid of anything. And this is his like super weapon that he's going to use to get revenge on this king that killed his dad. Right. Like um, what happens, though, after this, him and his autistic son, uh, they go they uh they they get like these wolf pelts from this witch they kill this witch and they take i think it was a witch Let's take these wolf pelts though and if they keep the wolf pelt on for short periods of time they become like pretty much unstoppable in battle they can kill hundreds um but if they keep it on too long they begin to become mm. the wolf they become the beast uh so they leave these uh these fursuits on for far too long <laughs> And the uh, and the son and him go on like a rampage for like I think it was like seven days. They just go on this rampage and like kill several villages until eventually Volsung is able to actually get the freaking uh, fur suit off and finally like beat the shit out of his autistic son and save him and get the and get the like uh, fur suit off of him. But there's a lesson there. There's a lesson there, right? Is that um, fathers have to beat their sons to prevent furries. That that's what I got from it. That that's one of them. Uh, you wear you wear the uh, fur suit too long, you become the, the animal, fur, yeah. right? Like it's like the Nietzsche uh, quote. It's with a, the abyss. yeah, you stare into the abyss. It's like that exists with furry. like all sorts the fursuit. All sort of digital avatars, though, because like all of these people, I think all furries started as uh, a digital avatar. None of them started with the fursuit, right? This well, is a lot start with the the foxtail butt plug. I think I don't what? know. Yeah. <laughs> Is, is that's, that that's where starts? Starts. Yeah. Well, because this was before the yeah, internet, and right? They, they make them that you can clip onto your belt for non-sexual activities. But that's that's How a is really it a butt common plug in the tail. No butt plug go inside. Yeah, you yeah have a the butt plug in goes in tail, and then you basically have. Oh, that's right. I remember you saying. And I was so confused then too. It's a butt plug with a tail attached, and then you just stick it in. Were you, were you explain this to him not on the podcast? Just yeah, I explained uh, it. He came into our, he came into our restaurant the other day, and I don't think you remember a lot of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the tails attached, and they stick it in, and they like to call it like their tail hole. There, are you are you are you done with your explication? Did you did you want to say anything else, Alexander, on this or millions must die? I well I 
I have said, we've talked about this before, Alexander, and I, I have said, I really want to see a very brutal, um, like a movie of this, uh, story, like kind of like the uh -huh. Northmen and, you know, just a very brutal uh, version of this, but that the wolf pelts are like actual, like fursona suits. Um, I would love to see that. <laughs> like the witch, yeah. I mean, the, the witch is like an SJW giving them a first. The moral suit. of yeah. the story is that you should have never put on the first yeah. to begin yeah. with. That's the moral. So bringing this, I, actually, this is kind of a good connection because I was wanting to bring this up. Um, that this is where I have a little trouble understanding furries. Mm -hmm. um, if, if the motive is like, I want to become bestial, you know, and there's, and you see the, the animals they chew. It's a lot of times wolves uh, or foxes, especially for like women, I think, um, you know, it's very kind of, you know, primal, you know, archetype animals. It's like, you look at the wolf and like, that's a, you know, that's something I think you see in a lot of cultures as, I mean, well, look at like Romulus and Remus. I mean, that's such an archetype of the warrior and, and the beast. But you look at the fursuits and they're very cartoonish. Yeah. And a lot of their like furry arts and the great art that the furries produce. But, you know, you look at that. It's, it's all very cartoonish. It looks mm -hmm. like something from a kid's show. Um, and so I wonder, you know, Corey, I'd like, I kind of want to know your opinion. It's like, where do you get that? Because if it's like a sexualized thing in terms of a beast then you would think it'd be very bestial, but it's not. Well, it's the, very the, easy, the easy way to read that is castration yeah, complex it because it's basically, you have this thing that symbolizes the father who's very strong, masculine, empowering, and you make it cartoonish. You're castrating the father. It's basically like a way of getting rid of authority. That would be an easy reading. I don't know yeah. if that's it. But there's also another strand here with the furries that kind of tied to what Alexander was saying with them being connected to Moderna and being behind the vaccination which is that I notice, and maybe fascist isn't the right word, but to, uh, there's a totalitarian bent I notice in the politics, whether they're left or right, of a lot of furries. Like yeah. they have this, on one hand, they have this like anti-authority, like we have to do away with this authority or making cartoon out of the masculine figure, but uh, this castration thing. But at the same time, it's like only to the ends of replacing it with a new phallus, of replacing it with something that you have to bow down. And I'm sure there, I wouldn't be surprised if their sexual role play ends up following a very... <sighs> Um, uh, dominant versus subversive uh, versus, uh, yeah, uh, you know, m masculine, feminine figures, but in exaggerated forms, like kind of in Japanese culture. Um, but in either, either case, right, there's something going on psychosexually in the, in the political ideology of furries that makes it, so it's like we have to do away with one authority. They're not, they're not merely libertarian in, in, the, in the liberal sense. They're, they're like, they're actually extremely authoritarian, usually, as, as far as I can see. Well, and, and yeah, well, I think that's true. And, but I do, okay, this is very interesting because you would think that someone like furries would, and you know, that's something that to various degrees is kind of mocked by, you know, a lot of people are seen as very silly. And I think the people who they, they kind of develop these sort of tight knit communities, you know, online and it's, it's nerds you, in general, they get bullied. And so they do the Silicon Valley thing. It's like, aha, now we actually control all of yeah, you. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing with the furries. They're but bullied. It's, it's, they're ugly. It's interesting that like, you you would assume that they would be like oh you know more into the sort of free love and and we're we're oppressed and people don't understand us and all that stuff um they are and yeah sure but it's interesting because i know that there was a convention i don't think too far back and i think this has popped up a few times of now there's like the alt-right nazi furries yeah. that yeah. show up to the conventions in like nazi furry costumes yeah and they like <laughs> it pissed a lot of people off because yeah. there were I, I the poor people at those hotels watching <laughs> their kids yeah, Nazi. fursuits with Nazi symbols on them. But 
I'm like, how do you get there? Because you would think that those types of people would be a lot more, at least in theory, more conservative about that. Yeah, they don't There's, realize it's, when it's aesthetic. It's yeah, it's, it's just it's got an aesthetic, aesthetic thing. They're like the first to go when the Nazis come to power. Yeah, a big a big thing with these. Uh, they're with not these the Aryan people. race. I hope they realize that. <laughs> the, they're the big thing with a lot of these people. And yeah, there we go. This extends also to um, really most like millennial and Gen Z. Most millennial and Gen Z politics is like this: is that it's all it's all uh, resentment politics. Yeah. Right. Like these people are ugly nerds. Like these people are ugly, stupid people who uh, have never had power in their life. And so they um, they get off on this sort of, as you were saying, this sort of like domination, uh, sort of replacing the father figure because these people are extremely powerless. Um, and they gain no respect. And so I think that the fursuit combined with uh, like being in this community that in a sense is like pseudo hierarchical um because like you know the coolest fursuit the sort of character politics i think of these spheres um give way into sort of hierarchy that occurs and those are the those are the furries that are getting the most tail you know literally literally i think the most tail and so i think that i think that that's why these people are into these extreme politics it's all it all goes back to really a uh, sexual it's adequacy. also very mythological it's like oh we have these furry clan and now the nazi furry clan comes and they're going to do like some ragnarok battle in the hotel basement and yeah <laughs> it's like they're playing out a mythology in a way it's i also it's almost religious. like the, the map video games the map the, video like games? hearts of iron oh okay. you know like oh for the, the nazi aesthetic and the communists, yeah, like furries, yeah. and and really all the political furries in general. I blame um, these video games that are uh, like historic historical video games for made for autistic people. But but it's interesting because I bet you these people, but even before their personas, they have these fantasies of having these political battles, right? Or you see this a lot with people on the right, like the Day of the Rope, um, or uh, or Siege, or whatever. But um, it's like they they fantasize about these battles, and then they sort of act it out when they put on the mask. It's like it's like very it's a very religious ritual type of behavior. Corey, that's yeah. where Warrior Cats t- actually ties in. Well, because that's that's a lot of people who become maybe. furries. That's yeah, a lot did. of their first yeah, exposure, did. and it's it's a, a series of books that pretty much. Oh, every I see what kid, you're saying. Okay, and it's yeah. something you read like when you're in that stage of going through puberty, and there are these cats that are kind of. Per- basically humans and there's romance but a lot of it is battles between these cats it's kind of a war there's the bad cats that are take over and stuff that is genuinely where a lot of the furries start and i actually met a furry this summer who was obsessed with warrior cats reminds me of that quote by um there's a harold bloom who said he was asked would you rather your kid read stephen king or jk rowling he said I'd rather him not read. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. See, um, I think I'm trying to see how I want to say this. It's like, I, I'm not, I don't want to come in like full defense of, of furries here. Um, and, but I do want to, I do want to show some sympathy to what I'm sure are, are many furry fans. Um, and, <laughs> and that I think it's true that I don't think it's psychologically healthy. I do think it comes birthed out of a lot of what we're saying. You know, a lot of people who feel 
oppressed, who kind of have sucky lives, who have not really been able to prove themselves in this life in a lot of ways. And so they kind of get this other kin, this mask. I think all that's very true. But I think there's probably, uh, I'm sure, a number of people who are in a lot of ways, seemingly functionally somewhat normal, who kind of fall into this stuff and start to get driven towards, maybe it's a sexual thing, you know, maybe it's a community community thing, but I feel like there probably are at least a good number of people who are, you know, you'd meet them, you wouldn't, they're not the kind of people you're talking about. They might be psychologically kind of there and they may not be going all the way, by the way, of actually buying a $2,000 fursuit, but maybe uh-huh. they're looking at the stuff online and, I don't know. I mean, I wonder. I, I I don't know if it's always as extreme like as Playboy just, bunnies. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that's actually a good point. I mean, the Playboy bunnies, the little kind of like cat girl yeah. costumes, the sexy slutty cats. You know what I'm talking about. I hope where they don't like, have a full developed. Persona, yeah, but it's like there's but, something there. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I or don't know even if it's, it's like, oh yeah, I wouldn't go to a convention or I wouldn't buy a costume, but like there's something about the porn or something that turns you on. Like I'm sure there's a lot of people who are more or less normal that like fall into that. Yeah, and maybe I, I wouldn't say they're normal, but I see what yeah. you're saying. They're they're like. They're perverts whose perversion is actually not in furries. They just get off to how weird the furry thing is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe that, you know? that. But like, could that person really be a furry? Or or just maybe actually maybe that's a good point. Maybe they're not in. in it, I imagine a lot a, of like old swingers probably wind up in. Yeah, furry like it, it for may that not reason. be like this uncon like this all the unconscious stuff of the nerd and the but maybe it's just that this is something taboo and weird and because it's taboo it's now sexy. Yeah, they probably don't stay there very long. Yeah, I think this all comes down. We, I, Corey and I were talking about this Nietzsche's book, the genealogy of morals. Mm, yep. The one word he says in that book over and over and over again in terms of slave morality is resentment. Yep. Like you, I mean, that's. I think it all yep. comes down to resentment of society, resentment of the hierarchies, resentment of them not being higher in the hierarchies, resentment of people have people have taught taught them being unable to forgive is what Nietzsche talks about. Also with the slaves, they can't forgive. Mm-hmm. I think it all comes out of that kind of this. Just, you know, you, but their youth, like being rejected as a youth and just trying to find at some point, like it's like that goal. I always want to be envied. So what can I do to get envied? Yeah. And what's scary is that it's not pure nihilism. It's not, again, it's not this, uh, let's get rid of authority thing. It's, it always strikes me as let's get rid of authority to replace it with our authority. Whether that be, you know, pharmaceutical monopoly lands, you know, capitalism, corporatism, or where Moderna rules everything and Amazon determines when you eat and sleep, you know, that's like the leftist totalitarian system. And then there's the, the right Nazi LARPer totalitarian furries that who, I don't even know what they want if they come into power, but you know, it's, it's never, it's never just like, Oh, let's get Uh, rid of it. What's their vision? What are they, what's their end goal here? (laughs) Like, I think it's easy to understand. Like you talk about authoritarianism. It's like the patriarchy, right? In a true pa- pa- patriarchy, the husband's not beating the wife. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's that's not how that works. That's someone who's who feels like they have no power, right. so they beat their wife. Same thing with these people. These people have no power, and, and once they get power, they're not going to let go of that power. Mm-hmm. They can't live in the flux of power like someone who's comfortable in that position. Like you don't see, you know, a, a generally normal person, good-looking guy, vying for authoritarian power. It's always the the this this type of lesser than po pot ugly guy yeah it's always it's yeah exactly it's always just somebody lesser than jim jim moon what's his name korean dude north oh, korean oh uh kim jong-un kim jong-un thank you yeah are there any are there any pretty aesthetically pleasing fascist leader i mean hitler's kind of pretty he was yeah i'd say so i, I can't think of any others stalin was Mussolini looked like but... joe rogan if you call <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah 100 you think mussolini 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, though, I think that you... I think that like the leftist totalitarian ones are definitely always ugly. Maybe Stalin being the exception. Yeah, I was going to say, Stalin was yeah, like pretty Stalin. good looking. Stalin. But he was he's pretty conservative. Seven. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. actually. No, he's shorter. He's five foot four. Yeah, well, he's a very, that, very yeah. tiny man. So, Stalin was socially pretty conservative, though, is the thing. He's, yeah. He's Stalin. Okay, anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any, like... Well, I have a question. Now Lena's mad at our podcast again. <laughs> um, About the diapers. <laughs> yeah. This, this is really been fucking me up, man. Okay, yeah... But again, what, what is the diaper the, exactly? Do they eat the diaper? Or what's no, going on? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, I think I, th- I think these. What's that? We need to rewind. <laughs> so the diaper thing. Let me educate you. There, there are people who are. Um, they basically get off to it's it's I think it usually goes one or two ways. They either just have a weird thing about diapers, but they like to like wear them and maybe use them, and that's just it, or. They're in a, and I think it's like a humiliation thing, or there are people who go like further and they like want to be like a child, a child like a baby, a baby, and they yeah. like dress up as babies and they have like a caretaker who like ca- takes care of them. And I mean, often I think it'll just take place in a, you know, as a sexual thing to get off to. But like even that, I'm saying is as, as disgusting as that is, I'm like I can understand the the psychology of that fetish a lot better than I can the furry fetish. We we had a famous explication member who was a famous conservative pundit, and they discovered his diaper thing, and he got kicked out. Yeah, but, but he like, had this. He had this. It's like, he okay, like it's disgusting, but it's like oh, okay, it's wanting to be infantilized and humiliated. I get that. I get the psychology of that. Furries are like there's so much more levels of weirdness going on, even if it's like not. On the surface, as seemingly weird. I mean, no, pick I your mean, poison, I, but I, I think there's a lot of crossover between. Yeah, there are the furries. diaper furries, and yeah, that is exactly. its own. It's interesting just what categories. items around when the fixation happens. Is it something furry like mom's shoes, or is it like uh, the diaper? You know, that's Freud's idea. Basically, yeah. the fetish comes from when you fix it when you're like three or four, and you're yeah. looking at your mom naked. What's the closest thing to her? Is it something furry with a purse? Because a lot of people have a fur fetish, not furry, but like. They want to like be around fur when they're having sex, yeah. right? Freud observed this in a lot of his patients, or or it's like they have a foot fetish, very common. And and Freud, Freud's like, why is the foot fetish so common? Because when most people see their mother naked, the closest thing to her are her shoes, so they associate the feet with a sexual gratification. I can always tell though when I meet a person if they're going to be a foot person or not. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. Same thing. Go around the room. Yeah, go around the I'm room here. Who? <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not getting into this further. But I'm saying, like, usually there, there's a type that usually it's pretty straightforward. As the, it's just one of those things. But with the diapers, those people just need to have kids. You think it would fix it? Oh, I think that would Fuck fix it. Yeah, the yeah. diapers are absolutely. No, no, no. Did you not Shit see that? On. Did you not see that Reddit post? Yeah, the, the 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 woman who left her husband because he was like sniffing the baby's diapers. Yeah, yeah. These people, you are know, sick, it, yeah. Dude. These people should not have kids. I think I'm way too heteronormative for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if that's even a diaper fetish. That might just be like a shit fetish. No, the, these no, people yeah. are like sick. She dude. said she would notice him like he would bury them in the backyard and then what? in the middle of the what? night go out when she was he thought she was asleep. Dig them up and just like stand there for hours, just smelling them. What? Well, that's another level. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. That's, Is that I even feel, real? I feel like that's a different. There's got to be something. I mean, why there's going to be overlap. I think it's different. It? Why is he burying it? Just he's hiding them. That's so weird. He's burying what them? the fuck? Is okay, going so on? I think it's easy. I think it's easy for us to sit here, um, and go on about this. I want to. I want to have some sort of like uh, you know some sort of happy you want, you positive want, ending. 
Like, you know, for our furry fans who are listening to this in there distress. Is no, there is no hope. Like, there is no hope. I don't think that's true. Like, Corey, if, no you were to, if you were to meet a, a fur, or cats, our, um, Oh, that's a furry. Oh, it's a furry. Oh, God. Um, if our, uh, if, if a furry came into psychoanalysis. If a furry, yeah, came into psychoanalysis, what, what would you, what would you say? It you would, just it say would depend so much on, no, I, I wouldn't, but I, it would depend on where they are. Some furries might already think they're a piece of shit, right? So I don't know. I'd have to get an idea of where they are in their self-awareness first before I do anything. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's so difficult to answer that question because yeah. it so depends on the person, but. You know what Gurdjieff would do? What? 100% I know exactly what he would do. He would give him a shovel. And he would tell him to dig a 12 by 12 hole in the backyard. Then he'd tell him to fill it. The next day he'd tell him to do it again. He would do that for like two weeks. And he said he would break people who haven't suffered enough in life to give them some yeah. meaning before they started this journey. Yeah. I think that's exactly hmm. what he would do. And that's probably, interesting. probably fix it. Definitely. Probably like put him in isolation. Isolation with LSD. Yeah, well, like, I don't know, do something like put him in a straight jacket and inject him like 500 milligrams of testosterone and inundate like for a week. I just like they, they, they can't jerk off anymore, right? They're going fucking insane, trapped inside of a inside like a padded cell. And I think eventually they're going to just be like, you know what? I don't want to be a fur anymore. Just let me out. I'll be a normal person. I'll have normal sex. Just let me out, please. I just think they need to suffer some, yeah. find some meaning and be okay with who they really are. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, how else are you that through suffering? Suffering is the only way I know. Definitely not through pleasure. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because you were saying that in the last podcast of with the monastery stuff. Yeah. The the path of the pleasure. Well, but again, but even with the path of the pleasure, it's there is an other side to that. Uh-huh. So this was, that was kind of my point. I just didn't I didn't articulate it well enough. But pleasure can the 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 most growth you get from pleasure is not from the pleasure, it's from the pain that comes after the pleasure. Cause oh, I see, yeah. It's, it's like a mirror. Like as, as, yeah. as good as you're going to feel, you're going to feel that much worse. And that was always the thing for me, was always the the regret, yes. the, the self-hating. Yes. And it's, yes. For me, that's the, it just as important, or more important than the actual pleasure. The the sacrifices to Dionysus always come after the gifts. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, I guess I didn't say that well enough. But yeah, that's, because I've never had a wild night and gotten fucked up not been just self-hating and the the regret is where you have introspection too right absolutely yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah i mean that's why i I don't regret my heroin experience Mm because i mean it it was it was pleasurable it was amazing and then it was absolute fucking hell and that's where all the growth happens right yeah so um how much time do we have left calvin we're about at the end actually okay so any closing remarks I just want to say for anyone that may be offended, I'm the most heteronormal person you've ever seen. So I don't understand anything that it isn't, you know, maybe slightly above missionary position in a heterosexual relationship. So if I've offended anyone, just understand that I'm born in the wrong time frame. Anyone else? I just want to let all of our very many furry fans know that there is hope. And I, I don't want to be too dour. There's, there's, you know, we are all fallen. There is hope through death. Yes. Well, okay. I guess that works. Walk too. away when you while you still can. <laughs> Corey, I, for those tempted, walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah. Walk away. Just walk away. Delete the photos. Delete of, the photos. Delete the delete the fur. <laughs> Destroy furry the hard photos. Drive. Destroy the hard drive. <laughs> like, de- 
get off the computer <laughs> before it's I'm too not, late. you know, I'm not the type of person. I hate this uh, sort of like old, old, uh, old person rhetoric of uh, get off the damn computer. It'd be good for you. Uh, certain people need <laughs> wow. to get off the. That's a hundred percent accurate. That can be, that, that <laughs> I'm trying is, to move my kids to the woods. Where there's no internet access. That's a, that's a good idea. That's anything a, good to anyone. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, I'm talking already about the the computer heads though. You're, you're like these people are wired in. It's like some people that are wired in too much. Like it, there's almost no changing them. You're like you might them. as well just stay wired in and like go deeper into the digital like rabbit hole. But furries, I think I don't like recommending to many people to go outside because I think that it's a cheap cop out for yeah. solving an issue. Because I think that a lot of people that are told to go outside have actual real issues that they're just trying to actually like utilize online for what help. would somebody like that tell but, them to climb a fucking mountain yeah no like go that, outside do something difficult yeah they, they need to do something difficult right i guess because, dig a hole like, dig a hole their, yeah. their, su their suffering is because of a lack of suffering it's weird like you said like they need to actually suffer real suffering instead of just uh you know sitting here and jerking off to animals all right well on that note stop it until next time uh thank you for joining us on the 50 minute hour goodbye <laughs>